The following program, the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, is paid for in full by Acunet Mortgage, LLC, an equal housing lender, consumeraccess.org, number 255-368. The advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts and guests of Acunet Mortgage, LLC, and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands. Welcome to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show, getting you inside information on buying, selling, and financing your home with expert advice from Acunet Mortgage and Realty. And now, here's Brian Wickert and Tim Holtman. Well, that's right. Boy, that guy got it right this week. I'm Brian, the old guy, and that guy over there, the young, handsome fellow, is my son-in-law. That would be uh, senior loan consultant Tim Holdman. Good morning, Brian. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, welcome back. Yeah. If Remember, if you've got a question or a comment, you can call or text us on the old National Bank talk and text line, which is 855-616-1620. Old National Bank, get old. You can also grab the podcast of today's show wherever you normally get your podcasts. All right, well, Tim, it was another week of heading slightly in the wrong direction for mortgage yeah, rates. not what we'd like to see. Wah, wah, but yeah. not that bad. Uh, the why as to why rates uh, crept up a little bit has to do with rule number one in mortgage lending or mortgage rates. Good economic news is bad for rates. Right. That's rule number one. And so we started out getting a report on uh, retail sales. They were up 3% in January compared to December. That's a whopper of a move for yeah. one month. Not not expected, for sure. No, and it's up 4% year over year from January. Now, remember, consumer spending makes up how much of the economy? Do you know? I do not know that percent. Oh, 70%. Consumer wow. spending. Okay. So if you think... Hey, Tesla and Apple are spending all the money? Uh Uh-uh. Nope, consumers. It's all of us spending money, 70% of the economy. All right. The real enemy of interest rates, of course, is not the Federal Reserve. It's inflation. Yep. The cost of goods and services going up, and then also wages. So remember, the basic premise is if you're lending out money for 30 years at 6% and the cost of everything keeps going up at 6.4%. Yeah, you're not making any money. You are making negative money. Negative money. That's otherwise known as losing (laughs) money. And so obviously, mortgage lenders don't think that that's 6.4%, which is the latest consumer price index yearly inflation number, that's not going to last. And it's the Federal Reserve has been trying to crush that back down towards 2%. Right. Long way to go. Um, Their main objective is to reduce demand for goods and services. And how do you do that? By making it more expensive to Mm. borrow money. People stop buying so much. Correct. And... And believe it or not, the Fed would also like to see more people lose their jobs. Yes. They never would say that out loud right? because their mandate is full employment. But with the unemployment rate at 3.4%, we are actually more than fully employed right. in this country. So looking to create some economic pain. Currently, the interest rate that consumers, remember 70% of the economy, are mm-hmm. feeling the pain is in the prime rate. The prime rate's currently at 7.75%, and get this, forecasted it now, hit 85 mm. by June. Wow. All right? So the prime rate is used for not only home equity lines of credit, but also credit cards. I happened to come upon an uh, article in Fortune here just this morning that Americans are racking up debt and burning through their savings. Economists warn it could spark a recession. So... You know, it hasn't happened yet. Right. The uh, writing might be on the wall, though. The writing might be on the wall. Um, there are 9.3 million more uh, consumers. What were they doing? Living 
paycheck, paycheck to yeah, paycheck. Paycheck to paycheck, sure. Yeah, at, in, uh, at the end of 2022 compared to the year before. So steadily but surely, people seem to be burning through mm-hmm. their pandemic savings. Right. Well, right. and is credit card utilization also up, I believe? Yeah, Did yeah. the article mention something on that? It was just under a trillion dollars that Oof. credit card utilization was up. So just it's the recipe for if people are using their credit cards to make ends meet. Yeah, that means they're spending more than they're making. Correct. Generally. And that's going to continue, right? Those minimum credit card payments are going to continue to sap their purchasing power. Right. And so that's just a recipe for maybe we are going to have a slowdown in the economy. All right. Well, so that's the why. Let's talk about the what. Um, we've been tracking a particular repeat buyer of mine for just the last two weeks, just happens mm-hmm. to be on my mind. And so this is somebody uh, who's looking to buy a condo in the 180 to 230 price range in okay. Waukesha County. Okay. Looking to stop renting. Sure. That's his motivation. Two weeks ago on Thursday, he wrote his first offer, did not get it accepted. But at that time, we were able to offer 599 with no points. Oof. That's with 10% down on uh, on the $220,000 offer price. His total payment, including the HOA fees, would have been just a little over 1600 bucks. Yeah, it's not too bad. So you can yeah. see the motivation there, right? Well, as of last Sunday, the rate for that transaction would have been 6.375 with no points, and that would have put his total payment 50 bucks higher. Sure. Not about, terrible, but not terrible. Yeah. 1660. Yep. As of today, the monthly all-in payment would be another wait for it, $16 higher. Okay. Or 82 bucks more than, than the, 2 weeks ago. Sure. Still under seventeen hundred, he'd be at like uh, sixteen seventy six all in. I don't think that's going to stop anybody. No, well, because I mean, no one wants to see the rates go up. But the reality is, it's like if you took that and even multiplied it over an entire year, that's like nine hundred eighty four dollars of extra interest over a whole year. That's not going to stop most people from wanting to own instead of rent. And just by the way, as a continuation, I've been tracking the inventory of condos in that little slice. Because when you're a home shopper, you're not looking for homes all over Wisconsin. No, or not, not over, most people. Yeah. No, you're, not you're looking for, hey, I want to be in Waukesha County yeah. and I want it in this price range. Right. Well, as of this morning, there are 12 active condos listed in that price range. How many have offers? Uh, I'm going to go with eight. Nine. Oh, uh, nine. <laughs> <laughs> and of the three that do not have offers yet, they've only been on the market for two or three yeah. days. So they're going to have offers by you know this time tomorrow, probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, the public uh, trade, publicly traded real estate brokerage, Redfin, I picked this off the internet, and they do have an office in Milwaukee, by the way. They put out a weekly market condition report. They noted that the Milwaukee metro area had the largest annual median sales price increase Year over year, oh, this wow. is measuring the last four weeks ending February 12th at, are you ready? 13.6%. It's pretty good. And that's better than both West Palm Beach, Florida and Miami. Wow. All so right. So we are, you know, we're the hot kids yeah, on the block. On. People want to live here or buy here at least. <laughs> I guess. All right. But hey, when we come back, let me give you a little bit more of a rate roundup. We were talking with Libby uh, before the show started about our super special 30-year fixed rate money, which is at 5.875%. With no points. No points, that's right. And if you put 3% down and you had super top-notch credit, the APR and that could be like 6.07. So really strong. But let's give you the overall context. When we come back, you're listening to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. 
home buying advice from the guys who know it best. This is the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right, here we go. We've got a little rate update for you here. And uh, Tim, you and I were on the phone with somebody not too long ago looking to buy about a $700,000 home with 20% down. Yep. So let's take a look at that kind of choice scenario. Because remember, generally bigger loan amount means better terms because it's kind of like buying beef. You know, you You buy buy a whole cow. Yeah, you get a better deal. Get a better deal. So uh, that rate with no points for that scenario, 780 credit or higher would be 6.5 today. So an APR of 6.54. Now, Acunet has some of this super special and super simple 30-year fixed rate money available. And it's based on not making too much money. If you're a first-time buyer purchasing in the four-county metro area, because, again, this income limit does vary by county. And let's say you're a one- or two-person household. And your household income is $94,400 or less, we could deliver, are you ready? 5.625 on a 30-year fixed with no points. That's a lot less than the guy or gal with the big loan. Yeah, almost a full percentage point lower. Yep. If you've got top-notch credit and you can put as little as 3% down on that super special program, the APR would be 5.87. You can also uh, get that below market rate of 5.625 if you're a three or more person household. And then your income can be as high as 108560 Next in our kind of menu of better than you think mortgage rates, this applies for people who are move-up buyers. Right, not first-time home buyers. Yeah. Well, but you can also be a first-time home buyer. Oh, for sure. Either, either way. Either way, yeah. Uh, so a three or more household person household can earn up to a 127 440. Uh, the APR, uh, the rate on that's 5875. The APR is as low as 6.09. Again, with 3% down for both move-up and first-time buyers. The key is that we got to look at entire the entire household's well, income right. whether or not they're on the loan application right. and that's so, what i want you kept on coming back to that in your quotes and i want to emphasize where you say household income uh, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about what that actually yeah what means. is it? yeah what is household income not income that you're going to be using to qualify for the mortgage on but basically it's like any adult in the household even if it's a uh, college age child that's still living with you or uh aunt and uncle or a parent or something like that, if they are earning any type of wage, that gets counted towards this household income calculation for this special hot borrowed money that we're talking about right now. Correct. So if, you're, if you've got a mom living with you and mom's getting Social Security income, that counts yep. regardless right. of whether she's on the loan. Right. She's drawing on a pension, you know, IRA distributions, you know, all that has to be included, which then if they exceed that household income limit, then unfortunately that means they can't take advantage of this particular pool of borrowed money that That's we're right. referencing. Yeah. That's right. So so it's our job to help you tip throw tiptoe through the tulips right. and try to find, <laughs> you know, what's the best available money for, yeah. for you? And you've got uh, somebody who you helped uh, that made too much money for the super special, right. but then what'd you do for them? Yeah. So, I, you know, I think you hit the nail right on the head. It's good mortgage consulting, which I think all our consultants at Acunet are really good at, is there's a couple different areas of consulting. One, how do we make you the most competitive home buyer? And we we'll talk right. a lot about that. But then the second, which is just as important, is okay, how do we get you the best deal or, or get you access to the, the, the best borrowed money that you can possibly get, right? So 
I had a, a couple, um, their move up home buyers. Oh. And, uh, but they, they don't own a home right now. They did two years ago. They sold, they've been renting and now okay. they're ready to jump back into the, the home ownership space again. Gotcha. Uh, so they got an accepted offer and I had this, uh, super hot pool of money, you know, in mind for them, but they have a college age daughter and between his income, his wife's income and the daughter's income, they were about six grand oh. too much for that three-person household income threshold okay. that we talked about. And there's no wiggle room on that. We can't, like, can't for that super special, nope. super best, best of the best, nope, your household income is what it is. Yeah. So the plan B, or the, the consolation prize, okay. if you will, which is still not too bad, is that there's a, a different program out there through Fannie Mae. It's called the Home Ready Program, where it's also income-based, except the key difference is that you can selectively choose not to use income or, or in the case of my customers, the, the way to get it done is to actually, we removed the husband from the loan entirely okay. and did the loan in just the, the wife's name. Uh, her income in relation to her debts alone was enough to support carry the day. Yeah, carry the day. Uh, and when we come back, we can talk more about what that got them in terms of monthly savings. All right. That, and I also wanted to talk about what cash out money is going for. Now you're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on Wisconsin's radio station, AM620 WTMJ. Getting you into the home of your dreams. Here's more of the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ. All right. A little classic Chicago bringing us back there. Thank you, Isaac. All right, so Tim, you were telling us, hey, you know, we got the super special, great 30-year fixed rate money if you don't make too much income, but these folks, you kind of wedged them in there by leaving off the husband's income, which you would think, normally, what? I'm going to get a better deal by making less money? Yes, folks, that's how weird mortgage lending is in 2023. How much were you able to sell, uh, save these people by being a good craftsman. Yeah. So, you know, income, uh, especially using these programs is kind of pass fail. So, you know, if the income is sufficient to qualify for the loan and fit underneath the income threshold, that's kind of that delicate dance that, yeah. uh, that we try to do, uh, basically for this loan size and their respective credit scores using this program, got them a half percent lower interest rate okay. for the same amount of loan cost. So it's not like they had to buy down the rate with sure. points to get there. Um, the premium pricing was equivalent, you know, for half percent lower. So in terms of monthly payment savings, they saved almost darn near a hundred dollars a month <laughs> on the nose. Bam. So it's like $1,200 a year of Every instant year. savings for as long as they have this mortgage for free. They had to do a online, uh, free education course. Okay. So their program. investment was it, an hour of time or whatever it, it took them to if, complete the online course. That. Yeah. Yeah. If that, so definitely worth it. If you, you know, broke it down by an hourly wage, uh, I'd say it's a pretty good investment. That is a of time. great hourly wage. Good, good comparison. Yeah. All right. So let's shift gears and talk about, uh, uh, some people that you helped get an accepted offer, uh, this week. And the unusual thing about this is the house that they bought was what? What was the house that they bought? Well, it was an expired listing that their agent went out and found, to her credit, uh, a, a house in Brookfield, a single family Whoa. home in Brookfield, that, that rare bird. Uh, so she went out and, and found it, but it, it made it a little bit interesting because uh, after they, uh, the sellers took the home off the market, they ended up renting it. So there is a tenant in there Ooh. currently, and that tenant 
um, that the sellers didn't want to make the tenant leave until the end of June of 2023. Okay. So I, I, I'm sure you know where this is going. I know where and, this and, story is going, but you tell it. Yeah, and the, and the agent, to her credit, something in the back of her mind clicked like, oh, I should ask the mortgage guy. There's something that's like... Something uh, about, the yeah. Lawn, you know, the, the lawn clothes, like what's the deal? So I'm sure you've talked about this on the show before, but in order for a buyer to get a mortgage as a primary residence mortgage... They have to sign something at closing saying they are going to take occupancy within 60 calendar days of closing. That's something, by the way, is the mortgage itself. Right. Yeah. That's, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, the mortgage. It's not note. just yeah. something. Yeah. It's, it's the mortgage. It's, it's the most important document. I yeah. swear <laughs> I will be moving in and occupying this property within 60 days of closing. Right. So when do you... Uh, let's back up the math. Yeah. So essentially it means that they can't make the closing more than 60 days before the end of June 30th, if okay. that convoluted explanation makes sense. So the closing date was picked for May 5th. So if you just add 60 days to that, that would put us out till July 5th Plenty as, of time. as the latest they can move in. And the, the tenants will be out by June 30th. So that will, will work out just fine. And, and I, David and I were talking about this. We never did come back to it. So now is the perfect time to mention it. I had gotten a call like three weeks ago uh, from somebody looking to buy a mid-century ranch on the North Shore. Oh, nice. That was in... I'm going to call it original condition. Ah, got it. Which means that, hey, you know what? We would like to buy this house, which is going to be our primary residence, mm -hmm. with like 10% down. Okay. Or whatever the minimum is, because then we want to use our readily available cash to remodel this place to our liking sure. over the next four to six months. Uh, before we move in. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. While we still stay in our comfortable, not messed up existing home. Got it. And I I searched and you know I kind of knew what the answer was going to be. Eh, no, yeah. you have to occupy it. I even talked to a competing bank and said, "Could you guys do this on your portfolio?" Finally, I called a friendly bank that we do some transactions with, and they would be able to put that in their portfolio. Oh, nice! Okay. As an owner occupied. And then that he would let us refinance it as a primary after the right. work was after done. After they move in. So sure. we'll we'll have to see if that materializes. But that's that's kind of how ironclad. I mean, I really had to call around. Yeah. And try to find. It's somebody. a big deal. People, uh, I think, sometimes gloss over that detail. They're like, yeah. oh, I'll move in at oh, some yeah. point. It's like, I, no, no, no. That, that's. It's you're, real. You're agreeing that you're going to move in within sixty days. Yeah. That's right. All right. So. Um, we're coming up here on the news. When we come back, another interesting thing that I found in a different Fortune uh, uh, magazine article was Zillow's measurement of the shift in home values since the peak of home values in 2022. And I have the information for Wisconsin and anywhere else you want to know if you want to quiz me. It's for the top 400 metro areas. But right now, it's uh, time to turn it over to the 24-hour newsroom and Finn Askin. Don't break the bank to get into a house. Back to the AccuNet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickard on WTMJ. Hey, thanks for tuning in today. I'm Brian Wickard, the uh, majority owner of AccuNet Mortgage and also the licensed real estate broker on the show, along with my son-in-law, Tim Holman, senior loan consultant at AccuNet Mortgage. Remember, if you've got a question or comment, you can call or text us on the Old National Bank talk and text line, which is 855-616-1620, Old National Bank, get old. Now, um, where did I want to, oh, we want to, I want to go back, I guess I teased 
one thing, which is, hey, where are our home values from the peak? And then I want to get back to your uh, buyer who uh, has the accepted offer on the expired listing because yeah. there's another there's another detail that's another about detail that one, yeah. in that which is of interest, I think. But first of all, um, so this is Zillow. Zillow is a very cool company, I think. I mean, yeah. they got they they got economists. They grind the data. And so Lance Lambert has this cool map in his Fortune uh, online article where you can mouse over and see where home values have fallen the most or not fallen right. uh, from their peak values in 2022. So you want to guess, like, what types of markets would you guess have fallen the most? Yeah, probably uh, bigger cities, maybe along the coasts, I'd imagine. Uh you know, people are not buying in those areas as much as they were during the the boom. I would Correct, say. and this is more than measuring just by by the way the median sales price, which right. is a very blunt instrument. Sure, this is more indexed to try to capture square footage, bedrooms, bathrooms, and all that happy Good. stuff. Uh, the biggest loser, as they like to say, is San Francisco, Oakland, and Berkeley, mm. California, down nine point two two percent according to this index. That's, that's uh, a couple big, of yeah. other ones that are off quite a bit. Uh, um, which probably wouldn't surprise you. Boise, Idaho, down 8%. Bend, mm -hmm. Oregon. I actually know somebody who lives in Bend. 8.2% off the peak. Uh, Austin, down 8%. Um, what about Wisconsin? <laughs> My brother Dave is tuning in from Green Bay, Wisconsin, where current values are exactly 0% down. Wow. So people still want to buy here, or, yeah. or they want to pay, or they're willing to pay as much. They're yeah, willing to, to pay to as much here. in yeah. Green Bay. Same throughout the Fox Valley. Uh, when we get to Milwaukee, uh, home values, wait, brace yourselves, are down 0.1%. Oh, my God. I'd say that is a statistical <laughs> that, zero. That's, we'll just call it as a zero. Yeah. Uh, Madison off by 0.6%, so not even 1%. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get up to uh, Chicago, Chicago's down 1.5%. So still not terrible. Pretty modest. So, so the, the market is still strong. Well, and, you know, we keep experiencing on the front lines of mortgage lending a scarcity of listings. Right. And that is the economic, you know rule of all rules, supply and demand. If you don't have supply... Yeah. Um, you know, prices are going to stay high. Now, affordability is a genuine problem, you know, in America. Housing affordability Absolutely. in general. I said at the well, top of the show, there's this... Yeah, the, not even housing affordability, affordability of all kinds. Of, of we, everything, we, yeah, right? 65% Living paycheck to paycheck, you know. Yeah. Our living paycheck to paycheck. And there are three things. I thought this was interesting. I never really thought about this before. There are three uh, legs to the housing affordability stool. Okay. Uh, one that we don't think of all the time is income. Right. So as people's incomes have gone up, that has helped housing affordability. Yeah. Another one, the most fast acting, because it can happen the quickest over time, is mortgage rates. Rates, right. And so we saw that nice drop, you know, from like seven and a quarter in November down to as low as 5.99 two and a half weeks ago. Yeah. Eh, no, now we're back up to more like six and a half-ish. Yeah. <laughs> but that's probably going to keep going down um, as the year progresses. Right. That's that's the majority of economists think the, mortgage rates consensus. are going to keep yeah. sliding down. Are we going to have some bumps? I guess we just did. And then the third thing is house values. Right. So 
I don't really yet see any signs of home values coming down in our oh. primary markets here in southeastern Wisconsin. Uh, you know, we do lend in Florida as well, and those are off just a little bit, uh, like in the Naples, Fort Myers area, maybe down 2% from their peaks. Okay. But sure. again, we're mainly doing people's vacation homes right. in Florida, and that is not that That's not uh, the norm. Yeah. impacted yeah. Uh, by home values. All right, when we come back from this next little break, let's talk about the special financing tool that you're using to help the folks get comfortable with buying that home uh, that they got from an expired listing. Yeah. We'll cover that when we come back. You're listening to the Accident Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. Important home buying questions and answers you can count on. This is the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right, so we're back, and uh, it's fun having you on the show, Tim, because you're just full of good stories. Yeah, fun to be here. And uh, so we're talking about an interesting situation where you were helping some home buyers, and their agent cleverly, somehow or another, uh, dug up an expired listing breathed life into that, which is <laughs> yeah. great because there was no competition. Right. right? I mean, that's that's kind of what we've been talking about, that's a supply dream, and demand, a and yeah. nobody wants to be in a bidding war or a competitive situation. Right. And in fact, I looked up, they did get it for less than what the property was originally listed for back in August, so bully for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now, like many uh, home buyers, they were concerned about where rates are, and are they comfortable with the payment, so what did you bring out of your magic toolbox. Yeah. And I wanted to bring up, I mean, I first connected with, with these particular home buyers. They were referred from their mom, who was a past customer of mine oh. as well. I connected with them in 2020. Right. So, and then, oh you know, they, and they had some periods where they put it on hold. I think they got married in the interim. Right. So they, they kind of put the house on the back burner. So they weren't constantly looking during that full two and a half year period, you know, but uh, they had a very specific monthly payment goal in mind, you know, they, and that's a question I always ask when I'm connecting with a new client is, do you have that goal? I, you know, I don't want to spend more than X dollars a month on, right. my, on my house payment. Um, and they found like a lot of people in this market, they found that uh, to get the house we really want, we're probably going to go to a price range, which is going to drive up that monthly payment, maybe, okay. maybe a little bit higher than where they wanted to be. So their goal was they wanted their total principal interest taxes and insurance monthly nut to be $2,000 a month or less. Okay. Okay. Uh, running the numbers on their accepted offer, I found that with rates where they are at, you know, this past week, their total monthly payment was going to be 2200 a month if they bought down the rate all the way to 5.99%, which is pain points. So when you there. say, okay, so that's a permanent, yep. hey, I'm exactly. going to permanently reduce my rate by paying some money up front. Right. That's the permanent traditional rate buy down. Paying points to get a lower rate, yep. interest in advance. All right, go exactly. on. Exactly. Or, you know, if they did the 6.375, which even that had a schnibble of, of points, but far less than the 5.9. Uh, their monthly payment would be twenty two seventy five. Right? Okay, so, so you're way over budget, yeah. two hundred and seventy five bucks above our comfort yeah. level. So the the program that I talked with uh, uh, them about, and that I think they're going to proceed with, is something called a temporary rate buy down program. What? So it's a thirty year fixed rate mortgage. It's not an arm, uh, but they can choose to put money a set you know set it aside at the time of closing in this separate account we call it like a subsidy account that's exactly what it's called um payment subsidy account where money 
comes out of that account every month to then actually lower their monthly mortgage payment for the first set amount of time. There's different lengths of buy downs. We so what did they choose? What are they so looking at? They chose what's called a 2-1 buy down, which means for the first year, the first 12 payments, the rate uh, or the payment is or is essentially what we call the effective payment rate. Thank you very much. Is 2% lower than the actual rate on the note rate of the mortgage. So they, they're getting a 4.625 rate for the first year, which drives the monthly payment down to $1,943. All right, you met the objective for the first 12 months. Exactly, they got under that. And then even for year number two, you know, uh, the 12th through 24th payment, it's a uh, 5.625 effective payment rate. Still below where rates are today. Right, which is not too shabby. And then the quote-unquote worst case, and I'm doing air quotes with my fingers here, is that if they keep this mortgage all the way up until year three and beyond, the rate is fixed at 6.625, which is kind of darn near where rates are at today anyways. Okay. You know? uh, and then the worst case payment that goes with that is 2320, uh, which they and would, by you know, that, May I point out, please, yeah. that by that time, their normal, just modest raises in their whatever their Incomes, income is, correct. Yeah. is going to more than you know, make up for that increase in the payment I, over time. I definitely think so, too. And then the... You know, the thing that I explained to them that I think you would agree on is rates are forecasted to come down yeah. and maybe not all the way down to the amazing, you know, 3%, yeah, no, 3% no. floor, but maybe but into the fives, yeah, maybe into the fives or the fours. Well, into so the, fives, yeah. the, the reality is that I'm going to be on the lookout for, to help them refinance out of this mortgage. Maybe before that uh, temporary buy down period is even done. What happens to the money? If there's leftover money, Tim, in the uh, yes. a payment subsidy <laughs> account, what happens to it? Does the lender get to keep it? Oh, thanks for teeing me up with that. Oh, yeah. Brian. So no, the, the money is not wasted at the time of the refinance. If there's any money left in that subsidy account, it goes towards principal reduction on the loan balance. Okay. So I don't get a check back, No, but it, it goes to reduce the balance yeah. on the loan that I'd be refinancing or paying off if I exactly. sold. So yeah. a nice, good job by you yeah. of uh, picking the right tool for the job. Yeah. All right. I mean, they're, they're excited about it, and uh, I, I think it's, it's definitely a, a good product for those people that have very firm payment goals in mind. There you go. All right, and it's, it's always best when you can get the seller to pay for that. You've had some yes. of those, too, because yes. then it's the seller's money. And who knows, maybe depending on where this appraisal comes in, maybe there will be enough wiggle room to say, hey, you know what? We'd like to increase the sales price that we negotiated. Because right. remember, I said they got it for ten grand less than it was mm-hmm. originally. So maybe there's going to be an opportunity when Absolutely. we get the appraisal back to say, hey, you know what? We can adjust it upwards, and then we're going to ask you, Mr. Seller, to fund the seller temporary credit. buy-down yeah. payment subsidy account. Yeah, so the seller nets the same amount of proceeds That's in right. that scenario, which is important for them to know. The other more common scenario is if there's an inspection, or oh, yeah. maybe post-inspection there would be a seller credit of some kind. Uh, instead of, you know, fixes being made, then that seller credit at that point can also pay for that uh, temporary rate buy-down. All right. So another thing that we're still doing at the Academic Mortgage uh, Shop is uh, helping people tap the equity in their homes. Let's come back and tell a couple stories about that. Absolutely. You're listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Find a place to call home without the headache. This is the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show with Brian Wickert on WTMJ. All right, and uh, we're talking about 
pull and cash out, you know, a lot of people have more equity than ever with the stiff increase in Indeed. home values since the pandemic. Uh, and and so, you know, you're sitting there, you got all this equity, and you basically have two, well, three choices technically to tap the equity. One, sell the house. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. But That's then you're homeless. kind of severe. Uh, hey, I'm going <clears> to <throat> take out a home equity line of credit. Well, those are all tied to the prime rate. The prime rate's currently 7.75%. And uh, and expected to rise to 85 uh, by the end of June after the Fed's June meeting. And so another thing you can do is to pay off that existing first mortgage if you have one and pull out the equity with a larger uh, first mortgage and a fixed rate. And so, Tim, you've got a story about somebody uh, that I think that's what they're going to choose to do, right? Yeah, I mean, that's the classic uh, consultation. If someone is calling and saying, I'm thinking about pulling some money out of my home, it's always comparing the do you leave your current mortgage alone right. and do a home equity loan or a home equity line of credit, or do you do what's called the cash out refinance, which is take out a new loan, it pays off the existing mortgage, and then uh, lends you additional money above and beyond that, so you get that excess back in what cash. What tipped the scales closing. in the favor of the regular cash out refinance uh, for this particular client? Well, in, in this particular case, and honestly, in, in most of the cases lately, it comes down to what is the balance on your current first uh -huh. mortgage. Uh, not so much. I mean, the rate's important, too. But this gentleman was looking to take out uh, like around $150,000 okay. at least, maybe even more. And his home is worth three hundred thirty-five. dollars Okay, so plenty of... Oh, what was his first mortgage? Well, and so here's the thing. His current mortgage only had 48000 left on it. Okay. You know, so even if he was, you know, at... Uh, Two and a half percent rate. Yeah. You know, let's say he got into like a thirty or a fifteen-year fixed or something like that. You know, back when rates were low, uh, owing forty-eight thousand on a two point five percent rate. The blended rate on that uh, is actually not that great. You know, if I even did the math really quickly here, let's say he has two and a half percent. Here I did. I did one. Let oh, me. I already right. got it pre-cooked. Right. Oh, you got it pre-cooked. Because if everybody likes a rule of thumb, right? Yeah. So here's the rule of thumb: if you're carrying a first mortgage balance at three percent. Nice round number. Mm -hmm, sure. Uh, the new money needs to be twice that of the old money. Sure. So, in other words, if uh, I'm looking at, I'm carrying a balance of 100 grand at 3%, and I want to pull out 200, go with the traditional first mortgage cash out refinance because mm -hmm. we can get your rate of 6.625 on a 30 year exactly okay right. and if you if you look at the alternative is i'm going to borrow it at eight and a half yeah your blended rate when you take into account the, uh, the outstanding principal balance of both is the same it's 6.66 yeah except you're getting this fixed with the yeah. cash out refinance the home equity line as you just said in four months it's going to go up even more right you know, when the next fed meeting happens so you know, for this customer is even better. He's going to do a 30 year fixed uh, in that mid 6% range. We haven't settled on the exact flavor yet in terms of the amount of uh, loan costs he wants to bundle into the mortgage. Okay. But the bottom line is that, you know, especially for this large sum of money, he's not going to pay this thing off, you know, next right, month right. or anything quickly like that. Yeah. He's going to whittle it down over time. So the fixed rate cash out refinance option for him was the smarter usage of home equity. Compared and to what's another aspect of it? Because once we're done calling it a cash out refinance, right? then what? So once the dust settles, he's left with just one first mortgage, you know, first lien position debt against his house, which then leaves him open to 
rate and term refinance opportunity. Regular refinance right. where the rates are even better. So we're right. setting ourselves up for a long-term win with this uh, client. Exactly. Again, if 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 the world goes according to the way most people expect it to, mm-hmm. long-term 30-year fixed rate yeah. mortgages are going to continue to slide downward. Right. Yeah, he's paying a penalty or a premium if you will, taking a higher rate for it being a cash out refinance now, but then we're going to be able to get them a lower rate at and, some point. And in I think the what a lot of our listeners already know is that, you know, if you try to do a refinance later about paying off a HELOC and a first, that's a cash out refi too. That's right. Okay. That's all we have time for today. Tim, thanks for subbing in today. Pleasure to have My you on pleasure. the show. Thank you. And remember to tune in next week. You've been listening to the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show on AM620 WTMJ. The Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show is paid for in full by Acunet Mortgage, LLC, an equal housing lender, consumeraccess.org, number 255368. The advice and opinions expressed during the Acunet Mortgage and Realty Show are solely that of the hosts and guests of Acunet Mortgage, LLC, and not WTMJ or Good Karma Brands.